on this episode of the Magic Business Podcast. And I, I really don't care if it's not all completely original stuff. I'd like to see what you do for real people and how you're getting booked. So that 30-minute or 40-minute spot is really ideal to show off, and it helps justify the fee. I don't have to book so many acts. I could give more money to somebody, to one performer, than I have to give to three performers to fill that same amount of time. Welcome to the Magic Business Podcast, where we share insightful and delightful inner secrets about the business of magic. This is where magic professionals present their real-life experiences and some of their most guarded secrets to help further your career in the magical arts. I'm your host, Christian Painter, in partnership with the MagicOracle.club, where you can hear all of our magic business podcasts. Mark D'Souza has spent most of his life in the magic community. Mark was chairman of the Ethics Committee for the SAM, he was a territorial vice president of the IBM. He has booked the talent for the Mays Convention for the last 30 years. He booked the talent for the East Coast Magic Spectacular until its demise. He has also assisted in booking the talent for many other conventions. He, in the past, released a fantastic four-DVD set on magic. He has a published book, D'Souza's Deceptions. He's won the SAM and IBM Close-Up Magic Awards, and he's a two-time Stage Magic Award winner at the SAM. If you've ever wanted to work a magic convention or know or just know how it works, you better pay attention to this podcast. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you very much, Christian. It's great to be here. I'm I'm excited to have you because one of the questions we get a lot is uh, questions about working magic conventions and what goes on. Some people are just curious how they you know how you go about putting them together, and some people are actually like, well, how do we get into that? How do we do it? So my first question to you will be, what do you look for when you're booking a, uh, the talent for a magic convention? I'm in a little different than many other producers in that uh, the convention that I primarily produce nowadays is the, the Magicians Alliance of Eastern States, or MAES, or as you said, MACE. Um, and um, my goal with that has been a number of things. Number one, we want to do. We do want to have some magicians' book that are known entities that people consistently want to see. Um, but I always want to make sure that I get new talent in that the general magic populace really isn't familiar with. Uh, I always like to give guys their you know their first or second break uh, in working a magic convention. So I'm always on the lookout for for fresh faces, as we say. Um, I also look to book a variety of different kinds of magicians at that convention. So I want to have something for everyone. I want magicians to appeal to the stand-up performers, to the close-up performers, uh, kids performers, mentalists. Uh, the only thing we really don't book a lot of is illusionists because we're working with a fairly small stage uh, in, a, uh, in a hotel. So uh, we don't have the wing space required or the, or the stage requirements that an illusionist would normally have. Um, I try to book people who are double or triple threats, meaning uh, a stage guy that also does close-up and maybe a lecture or a stage guy that does a lecture or a close-up guy that does a lecture. Uh, because it's a fairly small convention, we generally attract 125 to 150 people. Uh, we don't have a huge budget. So, uh, you know, the budget constraints are uh, one of the uh, main uh, main issues in booking any talent. 
and, and I want to make sure that the listeners know, you're talking about the maze uh, in particular at this moment, but you've booked uh, or, or assist in booking even the very large conventions with the, with the bigger budgets as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I helped out when they did the uh, uh, the SAM's Big 100th uh, convention in New York City. I was responsible for booking the, the close-up performers and some of the lectures. And, and even with those bigger budgets, they they still are very concerned with, uh, uh, with the costs involved. You know, it's not just the booking of the performer. It's not just the performer's fee, but it's also the transportation and the housing of those people. Hotel rooms, especially in New York City, uh, uh, that's a big, big concern. Um, so even when you're talking national conventions, they're working with, with pretty tight budgets, particularly nowadays with attendance falling off. And now it's more typical that even a national convention like IBM or SAM is dealing with register, you know, 400, maybe 500 registrants. And that really does uh, affect uh, the, the budgetary considerations for booking talent. Okay. So... Let's look at let's start with close-up guys for a moment. Now, if if you're looking for a close-up guy, what what do you what are you hoping to to that he will bring to the table? Well, with the if we're talking strictly close-up and there you know or close-up at a lecture, most of the talent I'm bringing in is East Coast talent because of the cost of transportation. Um, uh, you know, the at this point, I don't have problems getting lecturers. Everybody wants to lecture because they see that as an opportunity to make money by selling lecture notes or props. And so those, you know, I'm strictly limited as to how many lectures I can have during a convention. So I have to be very careful as to, you know, who I use the lecture spots for to get the talent in. So a lot of times I'll book close-up guys that are out of you know, maybe Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, D.C., Maryland, Delaware. Um, it's it's just not economically feasible to bring in a West Coast guy who's just doing close up uh, because just the, you know, just the transportation alone is, is going to be over 500 bucks. And then, of course, you know, housing them. And, you know, you're getting a, our, our close up spots are about 10 minutes. So to bring in an act that just does a 10-minute close-up spot, boy, that's difficult to justify that cost. Understood. And and what I'm getting from you right now is we are not going to be making Tesla money here at working conventions. <laughs> uh, my mentor, Lee Gray, used to say to me, these are the gigs you have to save up for. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah, nobody gets rich doing doing conventions. Uh, you, you've got to want to do it. You know, for a lot of these guys, and myself included, I do it to give back to the, the magic community. Magic's been very, very good to me for so many years that, I, you know, I, I feel I want to be able to give back to those people. So, you know, generally, I, you know, when I work at convention, I'm, I'm pretty much doing it for cost. And I think a lot of the talent that we book, and we are bringing in people who are just, you know, top flight pros from all over the country primarily. Uh, but now and then, you know, I'm able to bring in a, a European performer uh, who is in the country already for something else or, you know, has a different reason for wanting to be here. So this past year, we actually had Boris Wild book. Let's go to the next level, which is more the stand-up performers. Uh, we'll say the ones just before we hit uh, the, the illusionists, but the, the stand-up performers, are they going to get paid more? 
Well, normally uh, a stand-up performer is also doing a lecture for me, so that helps to offset their costs a little bit because they know they're going to be, you know, they're going to be making sales. But uh, I would say, yes, by and large, the stand-up performers are getting more money because number one, they're doing longer spots, and number two, their costs of uh, you know bringing in the equipment and shipping and and and, and transportation, yeah. So, you know, uh, I've brought in Kyle and Misty Knight. I've brought in uh, Jonathan and Leanne uh, Neil Brown, uh, or Jonathan Neal, as he's called now. Um, and these are, you know, these are people, I mean, Jonathan Neal, that was somebody I was, I was gunning for for years. I wanted Jonathan so bad because he is probably my favorite stand-up magician working today. Uh, and it took years to be able to work it out to get him here, not that he didn't want to do it, but he was so busy with his quote unquote normal work. I mean, you know, we had to be able to find a hole in his schedule and, and we were able to do it. And, and obviously the, the crowd loved it, but I was able to pay him a, a good fee uh, because he did 45 minutes on the show. I had to do an entire half the show, but you know, that's not something that everybody can do. So for me to bring in that 10 minute contest act, uh, from, you know, Florida or California or here or there, that, that becomes a, a kind of a financial strain. So that person has to really want to be there to work the convention. They've got to work with me, you know, on, on, on you know, the, uh, the dollars concerned with getting them there. And, and quite frankly, a lot of times, you know, these guys are saying, you know what, I would really like to work your convention. I hear it's a blast. The people are great. You know, the, the crowds are terrific. Uh, yeah, you know, you pay me, you know, give me, give me my uh, transportation costs and a couple of hundred bucks and I'm there. Well, you know, that's still stretching it for us, but, you know, depending on who. And, and, but that, but that happens even at the larger conventions, correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, to, to get these guys in, it's, uh, you know, you're not just talking their fee, you know, it's the transportation and the hotels. So you made an interesting comment and that was, uh, uh, the competition uh, kind of uh, acts. Would it be smart maybe if I wanted to work conventions to do some competitions? That's the best way to get booked. Absolutely. Unless, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're a full-time pro who is, you know, high profile, yeah, you're, you know, you're going to get not noticed and somebody's going to reach out to you. But I have booked more acts because I saw them in a con convention, in a competition, than, than any other way, I, I think, particularly for the stage acts. That's, that's really my primary way of, uh, of uh, finding out about these people. And, and I want to kind of mention that it's, and they don't always have to win. It just has to be a good act. Oh, absolutely. I have booked, <laughs> I booked a lot of people who never won a convention, you know, competition. I just saw them there and was so impressed by that act. I wanted to have them at our convention. Awesome. So, what is some of the things that um, you'll see that, that make you say, I'm going to hire that guy? Well, you know, to me, there's, there's three ways that a performer gets noticed uh, and makes people want to book. Number one, high originality. You know, if, they, if the act is so original, so different, something fresh and something totally new, that's, that's a great reason to book somebody. Mm -hmm. If... Uh, Second reason is if they do quote unquote classic or standard magic, 
but do it so perfectly. That's another reason to book somebody. But number three, if they're so entertaining for whatever reason, it's usually a comedy act, but if they are so entertaining, so so unique in their performance style, that's another great reason to book them. Um, I'll tell you, there was a contest winner that I saw, and I booked his act, mm-hmm. and he was great. He was just absolutely great. And again, this is somebody who wanted to work with us, wanted to work the convention. He was a pleasure to work with, and uh, and and just was great. And Good. then I found out, I found out he had a second act he was working on and was going to compete with it. And somebody sent me a video of that act. And I called him. I said, I've never done this. I want you back. And I want you to do the other act before you do it in competition anywhere. I want you to do that act for us. (laughs) So it was so highly, you know, it it was such a unique act and his presentation was so wonderful that, that I wanted this guy. And I'm not telling you his name because, you know, I still want him. And I don't want everybody booking him out from under me. I, I understand. <laughs> uh, now, you asked kind of one side of that question, which was, you know, you know what are you looking for? And you, you got very specific, and that's great. But I want to reverse that question and ask you, what are the things that are going to make you not want to book someone? Oh, uh, I don't want to book prima donnas. You know, word gets around real fast in the magic community. It's a small community. And the guys that produce conventions... You know, we get to talking whenever we get together or we're online or whatever. And we find out pretty quick uh, who the jerks are. Uh, You know, I've had people say to me, great act, but I'll never work with him again. He was such a problem case. Everything was a problem. You know, tech took hours and, 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 you know, everything, you know, he he really wasn't willing to bend. It's just, you do it my way or I'm out the door. And I'm like, hey, we don't need this. Right. You know, we have our own issues in producing these conventions. We don't want people who are just, you know, going to be difficult to work with. Uh, that's, I mean, that's the primary reason not to work with somebody. Now, in my case, I have another criteria. Uh, I want people who my, my convention attendees are going to be able to access and who are going to want to be around. And, you know, I, you know, our convention is like, we call it, you know, that family-friendly kind of thing where, you know, magicians come every year regardless of who's booked because it's a family reunion. It's kind of like Abbott's. It's the East Coast Abbott's, you know, although we have a hotel and people don't have to stay in people's houses. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, there are people, there are performers I book who come back year after year just to hang out because they have such a good time. Um, I want performers who want the hang time. We're not going to sequester themselves in their rooms uh, and only come to the events that they're booked for. Uh, so to me, that's that's a big thing. And, and you get to know that about people. You hear it and you talk to people about it's, it. It's, yes. I don't think people realize how fast reputations will spread. Yeah. Um, so thus far, um, the interesting things I'm hearing is, uh, one, don't think you're going to get rich uh, performing at magic conventions. Uh, two... Be original, be fun, be available for a magic convention. And if you can, have multiple, like you said, to be able to do close-up, stand-up, and a lecture. And the big one I'm hearing from you, don't be a prima donna. <laughs> don't be a jerk. Yeah. Okay. So now that I've got that, you've, you've, you've definitely got me focused on what I need to do. So if 
for instance, I, I would like to work a convention, and, and, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be yours, but any convention, um, what should I do? Should I send them videos? What, which, what, what, what should I do? Well, before you even send a video, uh, I would reach out to the convention, either organizer or if you know who the person is who books the talent, reach out to them with an email uh, and say, here's who I am. Here's what I've done. I'd really like to work your convention. Can I send you a video so you can see if I write for your convention? Oh, so and, create yeah. a relationship. Well, you have to create the relationship in some way. Look, you know, I would say probably, probably 40 to 50% of the talent I book are people that reached out to me rather than me reaching out to them. Okay. Now, I may have known about them already. Uh, and when they contacted me, I went, love to have you. Tell me what you need. Let's talk about it. And, uh, and we go through there. But I have had a number of people who, who said to me, I'd like to work your convention. I hear it's a great convention. Uh, can I send you some material? And uh, boy, more often than not, I've booked these people. Uh, you know, there's been times when I haven't because the act just wasn't right for us or, you know, the cost to bring them in was just not in balance with, you know, what we were able to use them for. Uh, it was tough to justify that, that, that cost to bring them in. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're all over the board, you know, with, you know, who we bring in and for what reasons. And, you know, we, I've, look, I've brought people in that, uh, Holy cow. I mean, people were just, people say, who is this guy? Who is this person? And they get blown away. Just totally. But, you know, they, they're like, I cannot believe we didn't know about this person. That was like just the best. Now, the other, the other thing I do, by the way, I, we're, we're kind of unique in that we, we have a night before show slash lecture that we do. And this is something we started a bunch of years ago, but it dropped off because of, you know, various cost factors and things. But we brought it back uh, as much as a cost factor because it was beneficial for us to get the hotel rooms that we needed to meet our nut for the for the hotel so we didn't get charged more for the facilities uh, to bring somebody in to get some more hotel rooms. So what we established was a quote-unquote one-man show slash lecture. And I try to bring in somebody who will do an entire show and then a lecture afterwards. Sometimes I just get the entire show and have somebody else do the lecture afterwards because, you know, that's one more lecture spot I can give somebody to make it more financially feasible for them to come in and do the convention. Um, and sometimes it's just a lecture or a workshop that will get people in, like the year I had Bob Fitch come in. And I had him come in for one reason, to do a workshop. And he did nearly a four-hour workshop where we had people who submitted videos and he did a critique of their acts and showed how he goes through that whole process. And boy, that one event alone was worth the cost of registration to everybody who was there. I would have liked to have seen that myself. <laughs> now, again, you mentioned something interesting, which I've seen more and more of recently, which is it looks like I'm seeing more people wanting that half hour to 45 minute, as you said, one man show. Yep. Yep. I, for me, I, I want to see what a performer really can do. There are very, very, very few people, magicians in this world, 
who work with a 10-minute act. Where are you going to do that 10-minute act? Certainly in this country that wants to book a 10-minute act or, or very, very few. There's not a lot of uh, review shows out there. Right. Uh, and, you know, even in you know, Vegas, that, that's, that's almost non-existent these days. So I want a performer to show us what they really do in front of a real audience. And I, I really don't care if it's not all, you know, completely original stuff. I, I, I'd like to see what you do for real people. And, and how you're getting booked to do your shows. Uh, and so that 30-minute or 40-minute spot is really ideal to show off, you know, what a performer can really do. And it helps justify the fee. I don't have to book so many acts. I could give more money to somebody, to one performer, than I have to give to three performers to fill that same amount of time. Here's a question I ask everybody. Um, get ready, Mark. And that is... I'm sure you've had lots of people come up and ask you lots of questions about being booked at a convention, correct? Correct. What's the one question that they never ask, but you're thinking, this is the question they should be asking me instead? Ah, that's an interesting question. I, I could joke and say, how much are you going to pay me to book you? Uh, <laughs> but I, I think the approach has to be, you know, I'd like to work at conventions. I know you produce conventions. What do I need to do? What do I need to have to be able to work a convention? I, you know, I, I think that simple question, what do I need to have to be able to work a convention? Not necessarily yours, but a convention. So instead of looking at it from, I just want to get in there, they needed to flip that around and go, what do you need from me? Yeah. Fantastic. And, and I'll tell you, uh, I mean, I've had, <laughs> I've had more than one instance where somebody has come to me at a convention and people like, you know, I probably knew already and had seen maybe a competition and said, what do I need to be able to work a convention? Uh, I said, are you asking me to work my convention? They said, no, no. I just want to know what I need to be prepared for this. And I said, so why aren't you asking me to work my convention? Aren't I good enough for you? <laughs> uh, and I say that jokingly. But, uh, you know, I, I do I do get that question from a few performers who are, you know, kind of more astute. Good. You know, it's 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 almost the same advice I give to people who are who are contemplating competition. You know, I say, don't don't compete because you want to win. That that's not the best reason to compete. The best reason is to get seen, to have people see you and what you do, and to get feedback. And you're going to get that when you work a convention too. But to get in that door, they have to see you first. After you, you have been doing this for decades. What have you learned? Um, you know, I, I've learned personally that magicians come in all flavors and sizes. I have learned that there are magicians out there who are working pros, who are the most giving, genuine people you'd ever want to meet. I've also learned that there are pros out there who, who can be real jerks. Uh, and you never know. And you've got to You've got to trust your instincts in when you meet someone face-to-face -face and have a conversation with them. That's going to give you the best 
the best shot at knowing if they're right for your your conviction. Uh, and if they're going to be right for you, just to be friends with or, or you know, to have, you know, some kind of relationship with. Uh, I've, I've developed great relationships with performers that I've met at conventions and then booked. And, you know, once I book them, you learn more about them and you develop a deeper relationship with them. There, there are some people that have proved to be wonderful friends socially as well as in magic and, uh, and wonderful teachers for me. You know, when I have a question or if I'm, you know, if I've got something I'm working on, you know, there's two or three people that I will call on and say, hey, you know, this seems similar to something you might have worked on before. And, and then we have that conversation. Wow. Uh, I, I will tell you, you know, when I talked about Don't Book Jerks, um, am I allowed to use a word that's a little bit PG? Go ahead. Or, we'll we'll bleep it out if it's too okay. bad. <laughs> I was friends with the late Bob Elliott for many years. And I don't know if you knew Bob, but Bob was a mover and shaker in the New York magic community. Bob I met because I took the Harry Lorraine memory course when I was 16 years old, and Bob was my teacher. And Bob and I became friends after that. Uh, and Bob was just a hell of a wonderful guy. You talk to anybody who went to Tannen's Magic Camp back in the day, and they will extol the virtues of Bob Elliott, one of the kindest, most giving guys you ever met. And when I started booking lecturers in the East Coast, and I never did that as a job, guys would call me and say, hey, I want to come in and do some lectures. Can you help me out? You know, I'd make a few phone calls. So I had my cadre of four or five people that I'd speak to and say, hey, such and such is coming in. Do you want to book him? I would call Bob Elliott, and Bob Elliott had one question. He says, is he an asshole? <laughs> and I'd say, no. He said, okay, I'll book him. I'm going to take you what you're worth, you know? So, you know, I I don't want to deal with assholes. And and in all these years that I've been booking lectures and conventions, there's, there, you can count them on, on, on less than one hand how many assholes I've had to work with. Well, Mark, this has been fantastic. I think if anyone has ever wondered about that market, you have definitely given them a nice... A base coat so that they can understand what's how to get into it, what's expected, what your level should be. I think that's, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Magic Business Podcast. Please visit themagicoracle.club where you can hear all of our Magic Business Podcasts and enjoy a vast array of additional magical knowledge. We'd like to leave you with this quote from Amit Kalantri. Those who failed in the art of magic thought they lacked good props. What they really lacked was good practice. As always, we at the Magic Oracle wish you continued success on your path in the magical arts.